Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. What a great time of worship. I just want to take a moment and get out of the dark here. Let's expose the darkness. Expose it. There we go. I come into the light. Hallelujah. I'm so happy you're here today. Before we get into our message for the last few minutes of our time together, I want to just take a moment and just thank all of those who are on our team. Uh, you know, during COVID, uh, you know, we could fit about 150 folks in here. I know there's a lot of folks watching us online, and some are online to stay online, and we encourage that if that's what you want to do. But some of you are online just due to the COVID season. Uh, and the rest of you here today came, and there's so many people in our first service and our second service, so thank you for coming I just wanted to acknowledge, though, the team who gets here at 7.30, and they set up everything, whether one person shows up or 100 people show up, it doesn't matter. They put their, all their effort in to make sure this place looks awesome, and all the signs, and all the sounds, and all the music, and everything that we do, the kids' ministry. So I just want to take a minute and say thank you. Would you put your hands together for our team? Come on, do this a great job. So thank you so much. Uh, that, that was not a plug for the team, but if you want to be on the team, you might get a pat on the back every now and then, so I'm just kidding. We'd love you to join us, and uh, if you'd like to, you're welcome to. You can talk to Julie Voros or Jesse or James, or don't talk to me, though, because I don't know what's going on around here. Yeah, I might be like, oh, I don't know, I'll put that there, and then you'll get yelled at, and it's just not fun, okay? Come on. And then secondly, uh, as I mentioned, we are so excited that Samantha got water baptized today. We did that right outside. And if you missed it, you can actually watch it online. I actually did a live recording. I acted a little goofy in the beginning and checked my hair out. But so don't be uh, deterred by me staring close in the camera, looking at my hair or something. But it's a great video, great chance. What's cool about it for me is that, is that Joel and Catherine, I always throw them under the bus a little bit with this. But four years ago, they came to a church that my wife, or maybe five now, I don't know, four years ago, five years ago, they came to a church my wife and I was were uh, campus pastors at. They gave their life to the Lord. They were dating at the time. Um, I made Catherine cry, uh, and um, a lot. I always come like, you need to, you know, whatever. And we got together, and it was great. And then they got water baptized, uh, and I got to water baptize them. Today, Joel water baptized Samantha. So for me, that's like, okay, one of, one of the guys who gave his life to the Lord was serving God. I got to water baptize. Now he gets to go and water baptize as well. That was super, super cool for me personally. So it was just an awesome day, body ministry. It's not about the pastor. It's not about me or my wife. We want to do this together. We want to do this as a body. We want to, we want to give people the opportunity to, to serve in the capacity God's called them to serve in and, and do this together. Reach a lot of people for God's kingdom together. A lot of people who need Jesus, amen? A lot of people who've had a really bad bad church experience. Come on, somebody. It's been terrible. And you're like, oh, I'm never going back again. Well, trust me, I've been there too. But we're trying to build a place where you can come and be yourself. What you see is what you get. I'm sorry. So if you don't like me today, you, this is what you get. I'm sorry. I am who I am. So spend a little bit of time with me and you'll ask me this question that everyone does. Are you really a pastor? Are you sure? Are you sure you're a reverend? Yeah, I'm not. I am actually, but I don't act like it all the time. But anyways... Come on, we're going to get into the Word today. We're going to uh, continue our series we've been in. For those of you who, uh, it's your first time today. Again, I can't see past this TV. So if you're back there and you're new here, I love you, even though I don't know you or see you. But uh, today we've been, doing, we've been doing a series called The Unstoppable Church. And the reason this is important, we've been looking at the early church in Acts chapter 2. And the reason we've been looking at this was because we need to understand what the early church, what the church was supposed to look like when this whole thing started. The unstoppable church. And if the church is unstoppable, you're unstoppable. And the reason you're unstoppable, because guess what? You're the church. 
And so if we can learn about this uh, unstoppable church, we learned a couple of weeks ago about the word devotion. I'm using one word for each week. The three weeks ago was devotion. And the idea of devotion was, is that uh, the unstoppable church is devoted to the things that matter most to God. Last week was supernatural. We talked about how the unstoppable church is continuously in awe of the supernatural realities of God. Today's word is together. Next week's word is together as well. We're gonna do kind of a two-part word. This week is kind of on one side of it, and then next week will be kind of on the other side of the word together, uh, but that's kind of what we're going to be focusing on today. And so uh, for those of you who may not know the context of this verse in Acts chapter 2, let me give you a little bit of a picture of what was going on uh, before we read our, our key text today. Uh, what's happening is, is that the, the, these, in those days, Jews would gather together for different festivals and different feasts. It was part of their law, their, the Mosaic law, the, the law that God gave them back in, in the, the Old Testament, in the Torah, it's called the first five books of the Bible. And there was a time when God gave these commands to the people, the Ten Commandments, and then he came down from the mountain and they were worshiping a rat. And so he went back up to the mountain and got a few more commands, like, okay, maybe do not... Pray to rats, okay. But anyways, he went back up and got all these other rules and kind of plans. Really what this was, it was a large picture to help you and I understand that in order for you and I to really gain righteousness or to be right with God, the reality is that he is a righteous, holy God and we are sinful people. And so this whole law that they had, they had these laws where the day of Pentecost was what they were celebrating. And, and on the day of Pentecost was 50 days after the Passover. The Passover was when they were in Egypt, the people of Israel, Israel were told that a death angel was going to come through the camp and every firstborn child was going to be killed. I don't know. You can read it later and we can talk about it later, but we're going to move past that today. The people of Israel were told to put the blood of a slain lamb over their doorposts and they put this blood of the lamb. And so when the death angel came to the camp, these people who had the blood of the lamb over their doorposts were covered and did not experience any harm. Well, 50 days later, Moses went up on the top of the mountain, came back down with the commandments from God, and they called that Pentecost. And so now all of these Jews would gather from all over the world, 100,000 people in the city of Jerusalem was the population, and 900,000 people would all culminate on this, this feast of Pentecost, and they were all there together. And so the question is, Ryan, why would they all go to Jerusalem? Why not in their hometown? Well, this is why. Because in, in, in Jerusalem, there was a temple and this temple was literally the only, the only temple, boom, there we go, look at that. The only temple in all the earth that housed the manifest presence of God. So of all the world, all of the Jews would come to this one place and they would gather together so that they could bring sacrifices and they could bring offerings because the Jews believed, the, 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 the Jewish thought was, was that if they don't bring these different sacrifices and these different things before God, then they were, they were pursuing forgiveness from God. And so they had to give sacrifices and provide uh, uh, first fruits from their offerings. And these were out of thanks for God, but also they were a duty because in the Mosaic law, it was required of them to provide these sacrifices and to do these things to appease to peace God so that they could now have a relationship with God. So really, they were traveling to Jerusalem to experience forgiveness from God. A family would bring uh, this animal and they would give it to the priest 
and the priest would take the animal. No person, no Jew, no matter how good you were, was allowed to go into the presence of God. And what I, in the very middle of the temple was in the Holy of Holies was this place, this, this thing called the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was believed to have had the very manifest presence of God. So God was everywhere, the omnipresence of God. But in this temple was the actual presence of God. The manifest on the earth presence of God was centrally located right in that back room right there called the Holy of Holies. And only the priests those who were on the descendant line of Aaron were allowed to go in those doors and be within that place because they were uh, from the line of Aaron. And so these people would come, these Jews would come. They weren't allowed to be in the presence of God. They weren't allowed to be in the presence of God. They weren't allowed to offer their own sacrifices so they could receive forgiveness from God. They would give it to the priest and the priest would then slaughter the animal. And all of these rituals you can read about in the Old Testament where they would sprinkle blood and they would do incense and do all these things. And they all have symbolic meaning to today, which we won't get into, did all of these things, and then they would bring the meat back. The family would sit down, and they'd have a meal in the outer courtyard of the temple. And so all of these things, even though their heart was, they knew about God, they understood this Yahweh God, they heard stories about the Yahweh God, their great-great-grandfather told them about how he parted the Red Sea and how he gave them manna in the desert and how he led them by a cloud and by a fire and how he did all these miracles. These people understood it by what their great-great-grandfather told them and their grandfather and their father. They understood all of the stories of the Bible. They understood all the things of the Bible. They understood the idea of God and the idea of Yahweh, but they had never had the, their own personal encounter with God themselves. And as they came into Jerusalem, all of these people, whether their hearts were sincere or not, I can't be the judge of that. But what I do know is they came in with a religious mindset that if I need to do these types of things in order to get God to love me, in order to get God to forgive me, in order to get God to accept me, and they would offer all of these sacrifices. So here is this context, this context of why these people are coming to Jerusalem, because they're all bringing their sacrifices, and it was required by law for them to do that. So now you can understand why this pilgrimage to Jerusalem was so important. Because they were traveling to the place, only place on the planet where God's presence was. They were traveling to the only place on the planet where they could receive their forgiveness of sins. They were traveling to the only place on the planet to gather together. It was the most sacred of sacred of journey for them. A holy journey to go from their, their, their front door in Sundance, where I live, to Cardell Theater. The journey there was so holy and so sacred as they traveled for thousands of kilometers to get themselves in the place where God was to experience his forgiveness. And yet all of it was done through the Mosaic law of religion. They come into this place, and it brings us to our key text here today. The disciples, those who were followers of Jesus, had followed this guy for about three and a half years. And remember, the Jews believed that uh, there was a coming Messiah. The Messiah would come and he would restore all things back to the, or, the way they should be. He was going to restore the kingdom of heaven back to the kingdom of earth. So all of these Jews were waiting for this coming Messiah, prophesied all throughout scripture, hundreds of years of prophecy from different men and different women, prophesying that the coming Messiah is coming. And these 120 disciples, followers of Jesus, actually believed the message that this man is the Messiah. And when he was crucified a criminal's death and he was buried 
in the grave. They was told that he would rise from the dead. And three days later, Jesus Christ rose from the dead and he appeared to all of his disciples, plus over 500 different people had experienced the, the, the actual in flesh resurrected body of Jesus Christ. And then Jesus was ascended into the clouds. And the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit came down upon these disciples. Now the Holy Spirit filled these followers of Jesus and they no longer had to go to the temple. And we see this scripture here today, our key text in Acts chapter two. It says this. Sorry, I'll go to this one instead. Boom. Switch it. Do it. There you go. On the day of Pentecost, everyone say, all the believers, all believers. were meeting together in one place. They all came together, all the believers. So that means it was a very small group of people, probably about 120, 200, 250, maybe somewhere around there. And they were all gathered together. And as they were there together in one place, suddenly God began to move in their midst. The Holy Spirit came down. The scripture says a mighty rushing wind came into that room and they began to speak different languages that were professing the great, greatness and glory of God to all of these people. They were in this downtown Jerusalem condo. God came down upon them and Peter stood out on the edge of the, of the, of the deck as all of these people thought they were just a bunch of drunks. It was only 9 a.m. Like these guys are drunk for sure. It's a Pentecost. It always happens. A group of people just go off, drink a bunch of wine and then they think God moved and he didn't. They're just drunk again and gets out there and says, it's only 9 a.m. You got to be crazy to be drunk that early unless you were drunk all night. So I guess it doesn't kind of make sense. But anyways, he says, we're not drunk. It's only 9 a.m. He stands up and begins to share the message of Jesus Christ. And that day, 3,000 people out of 900,000 believed that Jesus Christ was that coming Messiah and that he was died and he was buried and he rose again. And that now God came and lived in each of those people. They had a powerful experience with God. Now notice the first time the Holy Spirit, God moved on the planet was outside of a temple. The first time God moved in a powerful way. But this time he didn't move in a box. This time he didn't move in a building. He moved inside of these people. He came and lived inside of them. He came and transformed them. And now, no longer when they walked into the temple or went to uh, Jerusalem to do these sacrifices, did they walk in with a mindset of religion because before they give religious offerings, now they give relational worship. Before it was, God, I need your forgiveness, therefore I'm going to do this. Now it's, God, I got your forgiveness, so now I'm going to celebrate this. Something shifted when they went to the house of God. Now, this is the problem with a lot of our modern churches today. Many of us are making a pilgrimage on Sunday and walking with a religious mindset that if I give God enough stuff and if I pray enough and if I look the part, maybe God will finally accept me. Well, I have good news for you today. God already accepts you even before you behave. You belong even before you believe. Yeah. He already loves you. He's already accepted you. It doesn't matter what you did last night. It doesn't matter what you're going to do in 20 years. God's love never fails. It remains unconditional. And that's why we gather every Sunday to not, not say, God, come and forgive me. We say, God, thank you that you already did all the work on the cross. You rose on the third day. Now God lives in me and I can live an abundant life. 
a joyful life, a peaceful life, a filled life, a blessed life. Is my life perfect? No. But guess what? People who don't have Christ, when they face experiences in their life, they won't make it through very well. I can experience the same exact experience, but because I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, ain't nothing going to stop me because the gates of hell will not come against God's church. And guess what? I'm God's church and so are you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Like, yeah, you might have a bad day, a real crappy day, that's for sure. You might have a fight with your wife. You might get upset with your boss. You might fall off the wagon and drink too much one night. You might make a mistake, of course, but guess what? It doesn't stop you from being the person that God's called you to be. Why? Because God is a God of forgiveness and love and transformation. Does it mean we should live crummy lives? No, I don't want to live a crummy life because I want to bring glory to Jesus Christ with my life. And so now there's a big definition difference when we gather together. You see, well, I, and I talk to a lot of people and they say, I, you know, a lot of people when they don't come to church, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't make it to church. I'm like, I don't care. That's between you and God. I don't keep your attendance. I say, hey, tell me about your relationship with God. Well, I haven't been to church in a while. Yeah, but that's good. How's your relationship with Jesus? Because coming to church on Sunday or Wednesday or whatever night you go to church isn't about you gaining, uh, getting a relationship with Jesus, even though that's why we're here. I want you to hear me. That's why we're here, to get a relationship with Jesus. The ultimate reason that you and I gather in this place is to celebrate and magnify the name of Jesus Christ, the resurrected King. We gather in this place to have one mind centered around the same idea. We're not talking about all those other things that don't matter. You know what we're talking about? Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He conquered death. He forgave my sins. He washed me clean. He sanctified me. He provided access for me now back into a relationship with my Father in heaven. And when I die one day, I'm going to spend an eternity with my Father in heaven. And guess what? Not just that. I get to live an abundant life right here on this life. And no matter what I face in my life, I can endure and I can make it through. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in me and helps me through everything that I face in my life. That's the kind of church I want to go to. Right? We have to recognize something about our gathering is that these guys didn't gather at church. You know, the Bible actually says that they continued to gather. Look at this. This is after the Holy Spirit came down. They didn't have to go to the temple anymore to get forgiveness from God. He already gave it. They just needed to accept it. They just needed to say yes to it. So no matter what you think you've done, he's already forgiven you. It's not too big for God. So just stop fighting his love and just accept his love. It ain't fair. You don't deserve it, nor do I. I'm worse than you. Get in line. At the end of the day, it's free. It's undeserved, and it's for you. Yes. Look what it says here. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They kept going to the temple. Yeah. Not just on Sunday, every day. They kept on going to the temple and they kept on going to the temple and they kept on going to the temple. Why? Because now when they came to church, their experience was completely different. They were no longer focused on the things of the past. They were focused on what Jesus Christ is and does in my life today. I am here to celebrate. 
I'm here to celebrate the name of Jesus Christ. It shifted everything in their mindset. They continued to go back to the temple. They continued to experience Jesus. They continued to be in that place because they knew now I'm not going because I'm trying to fulfill a religious duty. I'm going because I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and I want to magnify his name together with my brothers and sisters in Christ because when we do that, I want you to hear me today. When we gather together in one place, when all the believers were together in Acts chapter two, verse one and two, it says all the believers were together in one place, and then they has this crazy word, suddenly. Suddenly, God moved. When followers of Jesus gather together in one place with the same mindset and the same heart and the same objective and the same thinking, guess what happens? You will experience God like you've never experienced him before. You will experience the God that you maybe have read about or you heard your parents talk about or you've seen in a book and you say, man, I've never experienced that before. Well, if we gather together under the same name, Jesus Christ, and we keep it about what matters, Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ crucified, I want to make you a promise. Not only will the Holy Spirit change your life, but he'll change every life that you invite into this place. This word here, I want to go a little bit deeper in this word. This word means to worship together is this word, this word together. It's actually a unique word. It's used 12 times in the, Old, the New Testament, and 10 of those times is used in the book of Acts. It's the Greek word homothumadon. And this word means to rush along or to, or to rush along in unison together. It's this idea of one mind and one accord, one passion so it says that when they were together, they had the same passion. They had the same mind. They had the same mindset. They had the same desire. They had the same want. They all were there, not because they liked the coffee, not because the, the, the seats made their butts feel nice, but they do, don't they? Yeah. I'll take it. Whatever. You can have a good attitude and have nice butt seats too. It's okay. I don't come to that place because I like the music. I don't go to that place because the beautiful building. I don't go to that place because necessarily I like the speaker or don't like the speaker. I go to that place because they're focused on the name of Jesus Christ. And we're all centered on one thing. Jesus Christ was crucified a criminal's death. He was buried in the grave and he rose from the dead. Amen. And when he rose from the dead, lives were transformed. Yeah. Now, I don't want to be a part of a church where it's dead, stinky, and old. Come on, somebody. I want to be a part of a church where we're seeing new life in people's lives. And we're talking about the resurrected Jesus Christ that transforms minds. It isn't about judgment. And it isn't about holding things over your head. But saying, you're going to live a free life, a free life in Jesus Christ. And we're going to do it together. Why? Because our hearts are focused on the resurrected Jesus Christ. And there's nothing else that matters. Jesus Christ was crucified. He was buried. He resurrected from the dead. He ascended into the clouds. And if you're a follower of Jesus, here today, the Spirit of God lives inside of you. And the Bible says there's nothing in your life that will stop you from being unstoppable if the Holy Spirit lives in you. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. And I know I'm preaching here. I'm going off. I don't normally do this, but I just like the Holy Spirit speaking to me today. Because you know what? I feel like God's put me on assignment over this series to try to change people from thinking that church is about religion. That's, the devil's got you right where he wants you to make you think 
that this building and this room and these people is about you getting right with God. That's a bunch of baloney and it's a lie from the devil. You are already right with God. When you accept Jesus Christ and you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you become to be a part of a community that loves you. And Samantha, I put my arm around her and I said, Samantha, I've only spent two moments with you, but I want you to know as the pastor of this church, sometimes I like my spiritual family better than my natural family. I love you, mom and dad. I love you, brother. You're awesome. Shoot, I forgot we were on live. <laughs> Just kidding, Mom. That was in my notes. <laughs> Being a part of the house of God, gathering together is not a ritual. It's not a religious thing we do. We do it because when we come, we laugh, we have fun, we celebrate the name of Jesus, we see lives transform, we see people giving their lives to Jesus. Samantha wasn't really following the Lord. She listened to our podcast, listened to me speak for like four months or six months or whatever, and then she came to a group and she gave her life to the Lord. And she's she's never been to text. She comes on Sundays, but she's a part of a group and community doing life together and she gathers on Sunday and now her life's being changed. You can experience the same day in your life. Don't give in to this lie. The church is about you looking the part. That's why we hear more about that next week. The reality that we live in a world that we live in a we live in a world that won't allow us to be exposed around one another. The beautiful thing about being in the house of God when we're gathered together with the same heart, the same mind, the same thought, is, is that when it when we get together in that way, God does something great. Now, I want to just end with this today. What we're doing here today, gathering, wasn't this idea that came from some marketer guy who wanted to, you know, start this corporate church. Right after Jesus Christ was crucified and rose from the dead and and ascended into the clouds and now sits at the right hand of the Father, ever since Jesus left the planet and the Holy Spirit came to fill us, the people of God would gather together every day at night, what they would do is they would go to the very tomb of Jesus. And one person in their community would bring a lit lantern. And this, if you look back in history, you'll see that in 84, there was a, there was a, a song written, a, a little poem written that they would sing together. And what they would do is they would sing this song as the sun would go down and they would have a lantern. And as they had this lit lantern, they would take a candle and they would light every lantern there. And the purpose of being there together wasn't because they liked the coffee and they liked the seats and they liked the speaker and they liked the music. It was because they were all celebrating this one fact. We've all been changed by the resurrected Jesus Christ. And we're here today to make sure that our light stays lit that our, our, our flame doesn't go out, that we don't lose our passion, that we don't lose our desire for the Lord. And so they would light all these things together and they would gather together and they would talk about the resurrected Jesus and they would learn about the resurrected Jesus and they would read their Bibles together and they would study with one another and they would spur one another on and they would sing hymns to God. And the whole point of the whole experiment was for them to get together and be reminded every single time they gathered that my life is committed to the Lord Lord, to the King, the resurrected Jesus Christ. And anything that goes on in my life that I try to take control of, I'm going to yield that to my Jesus. I'm going to lay that down to my Lord because He is the resurrected Jesus. He is my God. He is my Lord. He is the prophesied Messiah. He did come to the earth. He did walk on the ground. He was crucified. He was buried. He did rise from the dead. He did ascend to the clouds. The Holy Spirit did come down into our life. And that is the life that we get to live today. And they would stand around and they would sing this 
very, very interesting hymn in the scripture. Let me read it with you. It says this, O joyful light, as they're lighting the candles from the pure glory of the eternal heavenly Father, O holy, blessed Jesus Christ, as we come to the setting of the sun and see the evening light, we give thanks and praise to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit of God. Worthy are you at all times to be sung with holy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all of creation. When you gather together with that one simple thing on your heart and mind, and my life has been transformed by the resurrected Jesus Christ, and you gather together and you just be yourself, with all your stinking problems, your baggage, bring it into the house of God. Hang out with Andrew and you'll know you're doing pretty good. <laughs> Just kidding. I love this guy. I always make fun of him in public. We get to experience something that maybe you've never experienced before. Remember when Andrew was in Pursue Night, God transformed his life, gathered together. Transformed his life. His old life was gone. His new life has come. Got water baptized and over a couple of months began to give up certain things in his life that were holding him back. Marriage began to get restored. And now these guys are leaders in our church and they're leading groups and seeing God. Like, that's what God wants to do in the church. But you have to understand something. We cannot neglect the gathering together. You're here today and you say, Ryan, I don't really go to church. It's okay. Don't go to church. Be a part of a community. Like, give up going to church. I hate going to church. I'm the guy, when I go to church, I sit in the back with my cup of coffee and make fun of the speaker. That's me. Vince, I know you're doing that right now. I hate going to church, but I love being a part of a community. We're a community. So when we gather together, come into this place saying, okay, my heart here today is to say, I, got my, I don't got all my stuff figured out, but I do believe in the resurrected Jesus Christ. And during this time of worship, I'm just gonna lift the name of Jesus high. And when I'm around people, we're gonna hug or, or elbow, whatever you wanna do. And we're gonna, we're gonna love on each other. And I'm gonna be a part of a group, which we'll talk a little bit more next week. We aren't plugging groups. We're talking about the power of an exposed life. And it's incredible. It's gonna be so much fun. Come back and hear it. But I want you to know that what God's doing in the churches in Calgary and across the world is he's getting rid of this religious structure that the Jews, the Jews were into and saying, now the Holy Spirit wants to come and change you. Amen. Come on, just by a shout, because I can't see you, by a, by a little shout, like a whoop or a, yeah. How many of you think that's a pretty cool thing to be a part of? Come on. <laughs> Definitely God's idea, brother. I ain't smart enough. <laughs> My wife is, but not me. Stand to your feet. We're going to pray. Thanks for letting me uh, share my heart today. If you're visiting with us today, I want you to know I'm so thankful that you came. I know that there are some visitors here today. And Would you do me a favor real quick and just close your eyes? I want to pray a prayer. I want to give an opportunity for anyone in the room who hasn't experienced the resurrected Christ. And what I love about this is I'm not going to pull you forward. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to acknowledge you in public. And I'm not going to make you do anything <laughs> other than make a personal confession with your own mouth and your own heart. It's actually really simple. The Bible doesn't actually teach us about a prayer, which is great to do, but we believe here that you can just confess with your mouth and make a decision in your heart today and that we believe God changes you. So come on, you're here today and maybe you say either you're here today and you don't know God at all and you're far from him and you're not a follower of Jesus at all. 
Or maybe you're here today and you've been kind of like those Jews coming to Jerusalem religiously and now you're like, all right, I want to start this fresh journey with God. If that's you today, I just want you to respond by raising your hand if you could, but I can't see anyway, so I guess it doesn't really matter. So I want you to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And I'm going to say a prayer. And while I'm praying, I want you just to agree with me in your own heart. And then at the end, if, if you do that today, I'd love to meet you. Uh, Andrew and Brittany would love to talk with you as well. So come on, Father, we just pray for those in the room right now. Father, who maybe don't know you or maybe they did at one time and they fell, they've, they've fallen away for some way, for some reason or the other, God. God, I know that this, the gospel of Jesus Christ is very simple. It's very simple. Lord, I pray for those in the room right now who don't know you and they want to start a personal journey with you, be a part of the community of God. Right now, I pray that they would make a confession with their mouth. Lord, they would say this, Jesus, I believe that you are Lord and that you died on a cross and that you rose on the third day and I want to give my life to you. That's all I got to say. Jesus, right now, I give my life to you. Whatever it is, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose on the third day. We confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart we shall be saved. <laughs> I just believe there's some folks in the room today that did that. And Lord, we just say thank you that that person who just did that now has, has new access to spend an eternity with you. Right now, they have new access to the grace of God that could be called upon at any moment. When we are in a time of need, we just simply cry out the name of Jesus and he comes to his followers and he comes to his sheep and he comes to his children and he loves on them and he gives them the grace and their mercy to guide and lead them. We want to say thank you, Father, for dying on the cross for our sins. And thank you, God, that you rose on the third day and that today we celebrate that, God. And for those in the room who gave their lives to you, I pray the Lord they would know that this journey is not easy, but God, being a part of a community and gathering together, well, Father, will give them everything that they need to live this godly life. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you for an amazing day in your house. We thank you, God, for our Samantha getting water baptized. We thank you for the hundreds more that we water baptized in that stinking stupid tub right outside Cardell Theater in the cold water. <laughs> we love you, Jesus, and we thank you for a wonderful day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.